Because it is evil. Absolute evil. One more reason to shoot first. Evil begets evil, Mr. President. Shooting will only make it stronger. Welcome to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, a weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, ex and current movie theater projectionists, new and old friends, take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? Time is not important. Only life is important. Join us for one of the wackiest sci-fi movies that I can remember, The Fifth Element from 1997. You got a message? Yeah. And I can open it, could be important. Yeah. Like the last dog, I got one important. First one was from my wife, telling me she's leaving. <laughs> Second one was from my lawyer, telling me he was leaving. And my wife. yeah. that is bad luck. But grandfather say it never rained every day. This is good news. Give it here. I bet you like it. does in certain places. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now he's opening the envelope. You are fired. (laughs) You are fired. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, he's having lunch. Good philosophy. See good and bad. I like. I like. (laughs) The reason why I played that clip is the 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 trailer. Every all the trailers that I found were just like really long, drawn out music. And just images, no audio of them speaking. Music was a big deal in this. I could understand it. Well, and I think because it was a French director, he wanted it to, to probably speak to an international audience and not having any dialogue in there made, made it easier. Like I couldn't find a U.S. trailer or anything. So anyway, that's why we had a little clip from the movie. But joining me today is a reoccurring guest, Dan Sack Lunch Sakulich. Welcome back to the show. 250 years yeah, in the future, all will be lost unless the fifth element is found. The description for this one, in the colorful future, a cab driver unwittingly becomes the central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil, capital E, and Mr. Zorg at bay. I've got to interrupt on something right now. <laughs> well, can you read that from the beginning just the first sentence of what you just read that's the description from imdb so in the colorful future a cab driver unwittingly becomes the central figure figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil with a capital e and mr zorg at bay but don't you find it interesting that there wasn't really ever a search for i mean the, the fifth element the Supreme. I, okay, we'll get. It. I mean, yeah, I, I get, found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much we can say. I mean, I know this was b- back in 1997, but is it spoilery to yeah. talk about what the legendary cosmic weapon is? Yeah. I can't. I think yeah, kind of is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Directed by Luke Besson. Too spoilery. Yeah. Yeah. Too spoilery. Uh, directed by Luke Besson, director of Leon the Professional, Lucy. And Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which 
we can get into that a little bit later. What mm-hmm. a what a disappointment that was for me. Did you ever see Valerian? I I did. Um, I I I love the 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 actors and actresses in in that movie, but it you did it didn't play well for me. Oh, I, I hate I hated the protagonists, the actress and the, the actress and the actor. Complete garbage. Mm-hmm. They have no chemistry. Um, Yeah, it didn't play well for me. Um, It it just felt super forced. But but yeah, we maybe maybe that's what we need. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again. Um, It did feel super forced. Oh, super forced. But it's still it was a watchable movie, but not not one that I'm going to watch more than once, which I haven't. Yeah, and we'll make some comparisons to Valerian throughout this this episode and next week's episode because same director, a lot of similar, like he drew on some of the source material from Valerian to make The Fifth Element. So there's some con- there's some connective tissue there. So, but yeah. and I, I didn't mention that Dan's coming to us from Brazil again and that he's on a connection. So if there's a little bit of uh, cutting, cutting in and out. That's because he's in a different country. I'm in a third world country. <laughs> is Brazil a third world country? You know, it is. But I, I had this argument with a couple of Brazilians because I don't feel like it actually is a third world. But um, uh, technically, it's listed as a third world. Interesting. I would have thought maybe not the entire country of Brazil is third world, but... Certainly not. (laughs) Okay. Well, back to Luc Besson. He also wrote, he didn't direct, but he wrote Taken. Did you know that? He wrote wrote Taken? Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for Taken, and he wrote the screenplay for The Transporter. That's impressive. Which is crazy, right? Yeah, so he's got some really great movies under his belt, but then there's some really crazy stinkers in there. So, and he's written some really, really memorable characters. So yeah, I I guess everyone's allowed to not win all the time. Top build stars, Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman, as well as Ian Holm, which comes from alien and the Hobbit. He plays Bilbo. And Chris Tucker, and not to be forgotten, Luke Perry, R.I.P. Dreamy. I mean, handsome gentleman. He's dreamy, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Runtime of two hours and six minutes, rated PG-13. Genre on Rotten Tomatoes says fantasy slash action. And IMDb says action slash adventure slash sci-fi. Yeah. I I think IMDb is better. It is... There's how can you not have sci-fi in that? It's not fantasy. It's action, adventure, well, and sci-fi. Yeah, I here's what I say though. Like of all of the episodes that I've been on, this is the most accurate. I mean, that any of them have been true. I guess what I'm saying is this is good, but I'm leaning towards IMDb as being correct and actually because fantasy fantasy is like Lord of the Rings. It's not you know, spaceships and, and futuristic guns and creatures like fantasy to me is like world of Warcraft. I I mean, that's, but, but you, you've got interplanetary travel and whatnot. So, 
but not in fantasy. I don't know. I, I don't. I see it more as sci-fi. I agree with I IMDb. Completely agree there. Uh, speaking of IMDb, they give it a rating of seven point seven out of ten from four hundred fifty-eight thousand reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gives this a seventy-one percent from sixty-eight critic ratings, which is seems low to me. Low on the number and also low on the critic amount of people who rated it. And then 86% from audience ratings, from 250,000 audience ratings. What, what was the meta? Oh, dude, I forget that you always like the meta, and I don't ever, I don't I ever do. include it because I don't really, I don't even, get, I don't even 52. understand it. It got a 52. That's crazy talk. So, what is that even out of? Um, is that about 100? Yes. And that you find that number on IMDb? I do, yeah. So why do they have a meta score and a rating? I don't understand. I don't even. Uh, I don't even look so, at that. <laughs> yeah, but like the the meta score is from like a, a group of, I guess, published or credentialed. But I thought that's what the rating percent is from IMDb. Or is that just from just from normal people? I think that's from normal people, but hmm. maybe I'm wrong. But so, I know that the, that it's it's credentialed critics on the Metascore. On the Metascore, maybe I need to learn more. I don't know. So why that's I like the so that's fifty two percent out of a hundred, or I don't know if it's a percentage. It's just a number. Fifty two out of a hundred. That's the number. That's, I think the highest Metascore that it was rated was E from from was it Los Los Angeles Times. Yeah, I don't. I applaud mm. you for including it, but. That doesn't make the list for the popcorn priest. <laughs> uh, where to watch this right now? At the time of this recording, you can stream this nowhere. Or, and I don't know why you had an issue with it, but you can permanently watch this on Podflix. If you choose the highest tier of our Patreon account, you'll have access to the Popcorn Priest's permanent collection. Go to patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest for details. And this brings yeah. us to the hottest segment on podcasting right now. Five reasons why you should or shouldn't watch this. You can add your reasons to this, but here are my five reasons why you should watch this. Number one, the visuals alone are worth the price of admission. I mean, the world building that he does, every, everything that I, when in my research, talked about color and the vibrancy of this world, and it's purposely yeah, not dark. It's very light. Everything you can see is, is just a breath of fresh air for like a sci-fi. There's no brooding like rain and, you know, slow motion. It's like really, really cool visuals, unique Especially at the time of 1997. I, oh, I don't know if this goes with that, but when you're talking about the, the visuals, I, I also just want to include that the, the CGI was amazing, but they did a lot of like costume builds and model builds, and um, there's a lot of real props stuff in here that i think made a huge difference that's why i was like i always bring up the phantom menace as as the the, the like the worst thing to be uh, as far as an example because there was too much cgi in there and it took away from the old school star wars feel yeah and and we're, we'll get into this both in this episode and next episode but you're 100 yeah. percent right there's way more 
practical effects in this than you would realize. And it, it just seemed visually beautiful. Like, yeah. it really was visually beautiful. So, yeah. I'll add that to your, to your no, number one. I, it's perfect. Number two, Bruce Willis, as well as Bruce Willis pre-bald. So yeah, that's a it's a good reason to watch this. Number three, and he's still like got that swagger, and you can tell he's not like phoning it in. He's he's really really trying. Number three, speaking of performances, Gary Oldman is so great. He's just a great character actor, and I most most times forget who he is when I see him in movies. This guy is yeah. fantastic, and he creates this he, like unique accent, the way he holds his mouth. He just doesn't look like Gary Oldman. And when he speaks, you, you hang on every word, and he's, but it, it's so simplistic. And, and I'll be honest, like, I don't think he had all that much screen time. No, and that, that harkens to how cool his performance really is, is we remember him so much, even though he didn't have a ton of screen time. That's a yeah. testament to his, 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 his acting. And number four, yeah, I'm a big fan. The blue lady at the opera is number four. Yeah. That's Laguna. for, yeah. for sure. Like its own reason to watch this. I, do you remember? And this is funny that you're on this podcast because you and I used to work at, together at ultimate electronics back in the day, yeah. which is an electronics store that, well, there was a lot of chains in the U.S. There's a ton. So maybe people will know what that is. Yeah. But anyway, I remember seeing this scene being played and demoed on speakers all the time. And I hadn't ever seen The Fifth Element. And because of this scene, oh, really? I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? I need to see this movie. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was because of us demoing that <laughs> that lady's performance on it, the speakers it, and it was amazing it's for just sure. it was, super it was cool. amazing yeah and we'll, we'll probably get into some some trivia that goes along with yeah hopefully yeah. i got a little yeah. bit um but yeah for sure and the last one and not least multi-pass that's my number five <laughs> multi-pass multi-pass yeah all right good <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into by the numbers. Blank. For God's sake, just give me the damn number! All right, so Box Office Hall has been moved to by the numbers because it's a number. On an estimated budget of between, and I had conflicting numbers here, but between 90 and $95 million budget in 1997. Hmm. It made a worldwide box office haul of $263.9 million. Huh. Do, are you able to show that for, for what that would be today? No. Five years later? I didn't do based on inflation. I didn't. But it's 592 on the list of all-time box office list, which is pretty impressive, I think, for this kind of a movie yeah. and for when it came out. I would have thought more. I, I yeah. would have thought it, it, it did a little better. Yeah. $263.9 huh. million. So by the numbers that I have, and I'm going to rapid fire these, you tell me if there's anything I'm missing, but Luke Besson wrote the original screenplay when he was in high school, when he was like 16 years old, yeah. which, yeah, 
it shows. It's like the <laughs> the simplest like story come from a little kid, like a young kid. So he had conceived the story of this movie and invented the world of the movie as a child so he could escape his lonely childhood. He began writing the script when he was 16, though it was not released in theaters until he was 38. And, it, and he, I guess he talks about it in some interviews, how you know, it took really 10 years to finalize the script. I mean, probably because you started when you were 16 and it probably wasn't that great. When the president tells Father Vito Cornelius he has 20 seconds to state his point, Vito talks for exactly 20 seconds. And I've brought this up a bunch of times on the podcast. Some of, the, some of my guests have argued with me, but I really like it when this happens. I like when... I don't care. I, I don't. I don't really necessarily care that I have to have a counter on the screen to let me know that it happened. But I love when that happens. I. I think you subconsciously feel when it's like, oh, you've got, you know, a minute and I a buy half. In more. Yeah. But but on the converse, when it doesn't, when it when it's like, hey, the zombies coming to you, but but the movie, it's like five minutes because they're cutting back and forth and there's things happening and you're like this why is this taking so long it should have been shorter it's, it's funny that you say that because you know i i try to take some some notes not massive amounts of notes or anything for for this because we always have wonderful dialogue yeah but i i have a note here that says 20 second rule because i saw that same thing and i thought God, that's super interesting. I don't know why, but it's super interesting. Yeah, it, it happens occasionally in movies, and I, re- I just really like it. It happens in Aliens. I think it is the buy-in. For a, sure. a bunch of times where it's like, hey, there's a there's a count a counter, a countdown. Even though they're cutting back and forth to different scenes, the time that passes is the exact amount of time before the thing blows up. And I really think that right. subconsciously it just makes better movie making in my opinion agreed uh at the time it was the most expensive movie ever produced outside of hollywood most pr- expensive production in galmont's history which is the production company the french production company and at between and again i've i saw between 90 and 95 million dollars the visual effects budget of, ju- of of the total budget was 80 million so of that 95 80 of it was for visual effects. So they burned a lot of money right. on just the effects. And you and it shows. It, it does. And, and again, I, I there was a nice balance from visual standpoint from both CGI and, you know, actual makeup and costume. Yeah. And we'll get into, again, again we'll get into that some more, but I, I 100% agree. The movie was supposed to be a trilogy. Luc Besson had three scripts that he condensed into one. What do you think about having three different, well, three different stories of the fifth element split into three movies? Yeah, I, I saw that as well. And I, I tried to think, okay, where, like, where would he have broke that up? Like, where, how does that all come, come together? Like, is, is part one kind of the, the telling of the bad and the good is that yeah. what part one is and then part two is you know I, I, I tried to, to see where the balance was 
but I, I got to be honest, I, I don't. I think three part three parts to this would have would have really drawn it out. I don't know. I I agree with you to some degree, but it would be cool to to have some more. I really enjoyed that eat the Egypt scenes. I enjoyed the because mm-hmm. it felt a little bit like Indiana Jones and. It, 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 I would love to know a little bit more about the those weird like turtle uh, robotronic guys that come in, but but maybe not. I don't know. Having that be a mystery, mystery is kind of cool. But on the other hand, it would yeah. be kind of cool to understand where that where they come from and what what's their motivation to protect the Earth. And maybe they don't have to have it, but I don't know. Just think about hmm, what could what could that look like? A trilogy? We didn't get well, it. Uh, I, uh, no, and I, but I also, when you're talking about a sci-fi movie or fantasy or you know any of these types of movies, I, we, we get into this because it's the impossible. And when you're dealing with the impossible, you know, when you first see that type of character that you've referenced, you, you, you put the story together in your own brain and it allows you to, to go back to when you were a child and could let your, your thoughts go absolutely wild. You know, so I I like it a, a more condensed version that allows me to to fill in the the parts the way I want to. If it's a good movie, that's that's what I like. Yeah, and you think one example that I can think about right now is Dune, the one that uh, Denis Villeneuve he just came out with Dune, and it's only part one, and they divided that book into two. Obviously, there's way more material in that than than there is in the fifth element. But in that case, like I, I want more of that world, and I want to see more stuff. Right. So I, sometimes it can that's work. The, so. That's a very expansive universe. Yeah, as, like, as well, um, like super expansive. Yeah, I know there's like like seventeen novels, but of the of the very first one, they're splitting that book into two. But anyway. Mm. I've got one, two, three, four, five more uh, by the numbers, and then and then if there's anything else you want to add, let me know. But John Jean Paul Gaultier personally checked the costumes of 500 extras used in one scene. I can't imagine like going through 500, like personally going through and checking all the costumes. I, I don't even know how you do that it, it, in a set amount of time where you got to pay these actors to <laughs> stay in there. I know. I don't know. It's probably the scenes where they're all bouncing and they're, cause they're being evacuated and I won't spoil what's happening, but there's a, there's a moment where lots of people have to move and they have really vibrant costumes on. And, and it just seems crazy that he, he personally checked all of them. There's yeah, a, there's a, I, I agree. Yeah, there's an interview with uh, Chris Tucker where he's talking about the having to wear dresses. And after working with Gaultier, he was just like, okay, I never, I'm never going to wear this stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that he's like, there's no way I'm going to wear this. And after working with this costume designer, he got him so pumped about it that he was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> Because he wears some crazy costumes, Chris Tucker's character. Yes, he does. It's crazy. Yes, he does. Uh, the Flosten Paradise model of the ship weighed over 500 pounds, just the model. And it was not CG. It was mm. a built, like you were talking about earlier. This is one of the examples of how yep. 
it was physically built. Mila Jovovich beat out over 3,000 women who auditioned for the role of Lilu, and I'm glad she did. She she was <laughs> she wanted to know what person she she beat out that uh, like supposedly was super close to getting it. Yeah, I think I have it in popcorn trivia, but you can bring it up now. Okay, I'll hold it. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's relevant. Well, let's. Is it is it Saved by the Bell? Oh no, I have a different lady that was at least rumored. What was Elizabeth her name? Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. Okay, I had yeah. uh, Julia Roberts was considered for the yeah. role of Lilo with Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. It took. Speaking of all the model making, it took a team of eighty workers five months to build the models used in the, in the movie, and a lot of it was the the cars and the cityscape. Most of that that you see is is actual models. And then usually, you know, tw- 25% from the top going up is is CGI. But the rest is like real. What a fun job that would be. Yeah. And the last one I have is the movie takes place in 1914 and 2263. That's the number. There you go. Yeah, which is... There's a yeah, there's a discrepancy in the movie based on that that timeline. So I'll I'll add just a couple. Yeah. So the movie is the Fifth Element, and I guess they layered in a, a bunch of fives all over the place. And there's one that is actually sixes that was a flub, um, a mess up. But like they talk about how um, they intentionally put Ruby Rod's show to start at five. The bomb stopped with five seconds left. Corbin Dallas has five points on his license. So there was a lot of symmetry with the, hmm. the number five. And they were supposed to do her tattoo with five lines on each of the The elements. symbols. We'll sure, we'll get it. Yeah, the symbols. And, but the tattoo artist actually did six, and they weren't supposed to. Hmm. Um, and I think the only other numbers is 500 which is how many words are actually defined that the the divine language that mm. speaks yeah i read actually or maybe it's 400 400 or 500 words that that were actually created by basan for this movie and and i read that they would have like conversations the director and and Mila Jovovich in that language because she studied it so much this made up stuff and and uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis was just like lady <laughs> I don't know he was surprised at the crazy amount of words that she was saying and how how much it was coming at him so fast right yeah well, at this point, there may be some spoilers up ahead. So if you want to watch and then come back next week and join us for a breakdown of The Fifth Element from 1997. Hit me up on the Twitters or the Instas if you want to interact with a great popcorn priest at Popcorn Priest. Drop me a line and say hi. If you've enjoyed this or any of our previous episodes, please subscribe so you can get notifications on our newest episodes. I love movies and would love it if you would share the love. Share this with a movie lover in your life. Another way to support the show is by throwing a few shekels at the priest. By visiting patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest and see what extra perks you can enjoy. 
As always, thanks for listening, and thanks to my special guest, Dan Sacklunch Sakulich. Yeah, buddy, see y'all next week. Yeah, always a pleasure. Join us next week for part two of The Fifth Element. See you next week. <laughs>